Hey guys, this is Christopher Page, and I'm just some guy talking. So, out of the many topics that I like to talk about, one thing I haven't recorded so far, but you'll definitely hear this in future episodes, is what I call substance, men of substance. And while that probably sounds a little more... Uh, vague. What I'm talking about is life as a big man. So my story is that I've always been a big kid. I've always been a big guy. When I was about five, my father's cousin and my dad's half-brother sure you can pick up on how close we are by saying that. (laughs) So to give a little context, when I was younger, I was allergic to like everything. So for me, when I had a salad, it was just lettuce because I was very sensitive to things that had a lot of vitamin C. I was sensitive to everything. So, you know, I never had things like a chef salad or I didn't have like almonds in my salad or goat cheese or anything like that. I just had lettuce. So I'm at my cousin's house. My dad's half-brother and his cousin decide, or they, they just ask me to take the chef salad out of the refrigerator. Now, I'm looking at this bowl, and now I recognize as an adult what a chef salad is. Had no idea what it was. So I just saw meat on t- in this bowl on top of some lettuce. Didn't know what that meant. And I was a very literal child, so you would have to tell me. Chef salad is meat on top of lettuce. That's what it's gonna look like to me. So apparently they took the fact that I didn't know what the chef salad was to take or to mean that I didn't know what a salad was. And so they sat me down for an hour And they told me about fat people and that I was fat and that fat people aren't successful. Fat people don't have money. And then they went on to list multiple people in my life, including people on my mother's side of the family, people that we knew from our religion, and just basically made the case that, oh, well, that person's fat, they don't have any money. That person's fat, they don't have a lot of money. Now I know that some of the people that they were talking about are, or at that time were housewives, who had husbands who went out to work and they were, they were totally fine with that. Some of those women had part-time jobs, my mother included. My mother had a side business of catering. Now, of course, when I was little, I didn't really understand what what that meant, I just knew that she took food to people at parties. So I just thought she was just, you know, this nice lady that liked to give people food. Little did I know that she actually had a business. So, all that said, so growing up, I obviously had a, not the best self-image because I walked out of that conversation thinking a couple of things. Thinking A, I don't look good. B, thinking that looking like I do now is not going to benefit me in the future and see that the way to 
fix this was to not eat. So I trained myself for years to only eat one meal. And when I say that, people automatically, especially people who don't know anything about weight loss or what it is to be a larger person, which I now call a man of substance, and you'll hear that term frequently. People will say, oh, that means that you ate one meal. You were, a, you were a closet eater. No, I wasn't a closet eater. I trained myself to not eat. I just wouldn't eat. I would drink water. I would specifically not stay around the lunchroom when I was at school. I would get involved with other activities. Um, sometimes my mom would bring me, or we live very close to the school, um, my grammar school, so she'd sometimes come pick me up from school and we'd eat at home. So those days I would eat during the day. And rightly so, my teachers were worried about me. And I had two quirks that my teachers noticed and I would hear them say that I never went to the bathroom in school and I never ate or would, wouldn't eat that much. And, well, I didn't go to the bathroom because the bathrooms were disgusting. So I was just like, I'll tough this out. But it was also aided by the fact that I wasn't really eating, so there wasn't really any need for me to run to the restroom. And the times that I did were just traumatic. I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> so, I got to my heaviest weight, my heaviest weight, was about 450 pounds. My doctor, my pediatrician, I think I was about like maybe 18 or 19 at the time and I hadn't switched over yet to an adult doctor. I was still in my parents' insurance because I was in college. And my doctor said to me, what are you eating? Like, I don't understand. He was very nice about it. He's just like, I just don't understand how you've gotten so big. And so I told him, I said, I really focus on just eating once a day and I don't understand why I'm getting so big myself. And he said something that was groundbreaking to me. He said to me, Chris, you are not meant to be a skinny person. And he was like, your frame, you don't have the frame of a thin person. My brother was, you know, very attractive kid. And, you know, he got a lot of attention from girls. And of course the Male members of my family kind of lived vicariously through him because, you know, he got all the attention and so, you know, they loved that. And so he was kind of their golden kid. And they would say sometimes, you know, like, why don't you, you know, why don't you try to work out like Sean? Little do they know that I was always quick on my feet. I'm a, I'm a dancer myself. But I was always quick on my feet, and it wasn't that I couldn't perform athletically. It was I had this haunting thought from years ago from that was established from my uncles. You know, when you're a little kid, the older people in your family, they know everything. So you wouldn't think that they would be telling you something that's flawed or may be coming from, you know, a different place, a place of lesser information. So, fast forward to this, or let's go, going back to this doctor's visit. 
you know, he blew my mind. He was like, you're not, A, you're not meant to be small. B, it's okay to be a bigger person, but it's not going to be a benefit for you to be this heavy when you get to be older because the weight is going to weigh on you. Never forget what he said. When I moved to California, I moved away from everything and everyone that I knew, and I actually was able to start a weight loss program. I was able to eat more. I actually, when I signed up for the gym out in Los Angeles, I started my quest to be more comfortable eating in front of people. So what I did was I ordered a pizza. I ordered two slices, but I asked them to deliver it in a full pizza box. And I went into the middle or middle of the waiting room, waiting area in the gym, and I had two slices of pizza. And I was like, well, if someone's going to say something to me, they're going to say it now. Surprisingly, nobody said anything. A couple of weeks later, I was eating in the cafe at the gym after, after my workout. And I had grilled chicken with brown rice. And this lady came up to me and said, you know, I don't think you should really be eating that. Now, actually, it wasn't a few weeks later. It was actually about like six or seven months later because I had lost maybe about like 60 pounds at that point. And I did it by just doing, I did 30 to 40 minutes of cardio. Then I came back. Unfortunately, my job was right next to the gym. So I did a little bit of cardio before work. I did cardio during lunch. And then I did weight training after work, five days a week. And it established a trend for me. But at that point, when this conversation happened, when the lady told me that I shouldn't be eating the brown rice, I had lost about like between 50 to 60 pounds. So I said to her, well, you know what? I've lost 50 to 60 pounds. I think I know what I'm doing. I'm on a pretty good track. And, you know, thanks for your opinion. And then at that point, she was like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize... And I don't know what else she said because it kind of trailed off because it was the first moment where I really was able to kind of take charge of saying, you know what? My body's my body. Your body's your body. If you decide that you want to step out of your comfort zone, or rather if it's in your comfort zone to say something to me about my body or to judge someone's body, then I'm going to extend my comfort zone and help you see that it's none of your business. So... That kind of started my appreciation for my own body. And it's still a struggle. But what I found is that, you know, there's not really the best clothes to compliment bigger men. I mean, it's getting better. Like, we have stores like DXL and things like that now. But for years, it was just, if you were a bigger guy, you got black, gray, or brown. And you'd probably get you know, a Hawaiian shirt or something either ridiculously loud or just something dark and striped, and that was your life. And I'm a dancer, so I love wearing black. And it's not that I'm hiding. I just happen to love wearing black because we, especially in ballroom, we, where we, wear, we wear black a lot when we perform, the male dancers. But I definitely think that 
the idea of bigger men and fashion and fashion for bigger men, especially not big and tall, but just big men. It's a burgeoning area and I'm glad to see it starting to grow. But one of the things I'll be talking about in my future discussions is you know, little things that I'd like to talk about in the life of big men. And I'll be explaining some of that with some humor and some of them will be a little bit more serious, but I'm just some guy talking. This is Christopher Page and talking about men of substance and our lives. Talk to you soon.